Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that soars as high as Joe Garner. This week on Heart and Hand... So, there will be 8,000 helmets in the Celtic end at Ibrox on the 31st of December. Well, what's new there? Hi guys, FanDuel is one day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We're playing the £5 fan fave with six grand of prizes to be won to the top 36 managers. Then you pick your dream team. You have 100 million to spend, there's no subs, no captains, just 11 shirts to fill and you need to find the perfect formation. Splash out the dead certs, hunt out the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. FanDuel was designed by football fans like us and it's powered by Opta Stats. It's about much more than goals, assists and clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. And we've got an offer for you. Deposit £10 play with £30 sign up today. So make a deposit of £10 and FanDuel will give you an extra £20 free credit to play with. You'll get £5 free credit in your account to use each week for four weeks. It's the perfect chance to prove your managerial prowess and win big. Use promo code RANGERS when signing up to claim your offer. Uh, It's promo code RANGERS when signing up to claim your offer. Available in the UK only for those over 18. Please play responsibly. Terms apply. So welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I am your host and I'm joined as ever, well not as ever because he wasn't here last week, I'm joined again um, by associate co-host and the voice of Romanian football, Mr Scott Vandenacker. I like to think of it more as chief underling. Well, I, I think of it as that, but yeah, yeah, I was trying to be polite, but you know. Yeah, I, I know. We, we, you know but, uh, can... I'm embracing with it, it's like uh, the black community in the N-word, I've decided the underling, the U-word. But I'm going to embrace that and go with it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. I'll just change it to something else, like, you know, skivvy. Yeah, okay, I know you would. Yeah. Um, Subject. Yeah, I, I've only just stopped laughing, though. It's funny you should say that, because see the idea of wearing hard hats at a football match? Mm. It's so funny, 16 and a half years ago. When we did it, yeah. Yeah, 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 and the thing is, ours was based on the fact that uh, they'd had a game called off because their stadium was falling down. Theirs is based on they made stuff it up. Yeah, uh, this has been brilliant. The amount of crazy stuff that's been made up this season. Uh, I remember we were supposed to be stealing water from a local parish church. Um, that was a great one. Yeah, there was two hundred and fifty grand worth of scaffolding put up at Ibrox that nobody had noticed or could see. Yes, and season ticket. The holders have been written to saying that they were going to have to move because the roof might fall in. Yeah. It's just no season tickets got the letter. Nobody actually got that letter. Um, so it, it, it's almost like they want to deflect attention away from something. But from what, though? Mm. Uh, well, 
we'll move to football because, uh, as I say, we, we kind of spoke about that subject last week and I, I don't want to uh, go on and on about it. But uh, you can't talk about football this week, can you? I can't, no. Because? Because I missed the game on Saturday. James Corden show? <laughs> Not this time, no. Nor was it the ballet. Um, it was... When you have small children at this time of year, like Santa, your time is not your own. Uh, well, you also have a bulging sack, but I don't. Yeah, that's more due to your wife. Uh, and yeah, the fact yeah. that you have two small kids, uh, you, you, you've used up your allowance of that sort of unpleasantness. Yes, um, definitely. So I've not really got any time to do anything on on, on Saturdays or Sundays or indeed any day of the week. No, this is true. Listen, Scott has a window tonight of 8.30 to 9 to do this. Uh, and I'm not kidding. That, yeah, that, yes. Isn't it true? Yes. Yes, he yeah. does. He genuinely does have a window of eight thirty to nine to do this, but he can't do it. Um, you know, you you have one job, right? <laughs> Seriously, yes, you have one job. Luckily for you, because I don't want to let listeners down, I put in a call to Stephen Smith, who did see the game, and these were his thoughts. Joining me now is friend of the show and former chairman of the Rangers Supporters Trust, Stephen Smith. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fine, David. I'm sat here in a luxurious hotel in St Pancras, uh, enjoying the fruits of my labour. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for joining us uh, to to talk about the football. The reason we had to call in uh, a ringer was that Scott <laughs> Scott, who who's joining us for uh, his comedy stylings, uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't see the game on Saturday, and okay. I don't think it would have made much difference to his usual level of analysis. No, no. I think he just he just he has a set of pre-set, well-polished uh, opinions that he trots out, regardless of whether they're actually true or not. And, so, and I pe- mean, he's a Tory, he's a Tory, isn't he? So yeah, that's yeah, really he and people like him, Stephen. People, people seem to like that. But <laughs> what I would say is that he did text me during the game to see how's it going. You know, tell me what. what, what and uh, after half an hour, he texted and said, "Bet you Halloran's shite." And I said, <laughs> he's not actually playing today, mate. He said, all right, well, it'll yeah. be shite when he comes on. So, yeah, that's that's the sort of level we can get from him. But, yeah, let's start on Saturday. Um, mm. A really, really excellent win to top off uh, a, a real good comeback, a proper comeback from the shambles at Tynecastle. Yeah, yeah, I'd put, that, I'd put it in exactly those terms. I thought better even than uh, the game against Kilmarnock at Ibrox, David, and certainly against Aberdeen. Much more committed, sharper. We deserved to win. Two nothing didn't flatter us. It was it was a really really good performance, and and I was you know gave me a, a bit more optimism. I think it's fair to say I've had in the last few weeks about where the team's going. I thought quite an interesting start was put forward by somebody who said that the results against uh, Rangers versus Aberdeen, Rangers versus Hearts mirror yep. each other perfectly. Um, a two one win. Uh, at home against Aberdeen, following a two-one defeat, and then a two-nil win at home, uh, following a two-nil defeat at Tynecastle, and you know obviously yeah. that's one of those neat little quirks. It doesn't really mean much, but does it mean that the manager's oft-quoted and uh, even more oft-lamented comments of "We'll learn from this"? Yeah, and I've derided it as well because it does get frustrating hearing it. Would it be fair to say, well, maybe, maybe then there's a case that they are actually learning from it? Well, I think the evidence in the last two home games suggests improvement, uh, and it also suggests that it was a far, t- you know, a far looser performance in the sense that not on every single occasion did we attempt to play the ball out from the keeper, the defender, pass it forward, 
pass it side to side and, and you know try and put the perfect goal together with twenty passes. Mm. And I think to be to be honest, when Warburton says that, David, I think he's actually protecting the players. That's his, that's his way of just kind of protecting the players and trying to deflect away from the inane conversations that the uh, what passes for the media in Scotland uh, want, want to engage him in. But to, I mean, to go back to that point you were making about the mirror stuff, I thought we were really genuinely unlucky not to not to at least get a point and, and arguably win the game at Petaudry. I think if we, could, we play that game again and the circumstances were different, I think we would win it. I think we were the better team on the day by a considerable distance. And I don't think Aberdeen have shown anything like the threat that they were supposed to. The Tynecastle performance, as you and I have already discussed, was completely abject. You know, we just didn't deserve anything. In fact, I think my main frustration that night was that Hearts didn't even have to play well to beat us. No. They didn't even, I don't think they were particularly good in the night, but they didn't have to be because we were so poor. No, so, agreed. Moving on, and only a space of, I think, 10, 11 days, I think, between those two performances, it shows that they are learning. Um, and I think that would have been a bit of a surprise to Hearts to have been completely outplayed. I guess I, to be honest, David, they never had a sniff, and I don't no. think we, we allowed them, and we didn't have a bad player. No. All our players who, who have been out of form, Wallace and Mackay in particular, came back on and showed at least glimpses that they were getting back to the, the kind of standard that they are capable of. So I was, uh, I was very, very happy with that, and now we have to see how we do on Friday. I would say that I'd, I'd agree with you that it was a better performance than the one against Kilmarnock simply because it was a better mm. side we were playing. But what I, I would also say is see the last half hour, I mm-hmm. thought might be as well as we've played this year because yeah. for the last half hour, and, and it was strange because we didn't score in that period. We should have. Um, we missed quite a few chances. Yeah. Waghorn was guilty of a few bad misses. Although uh, I would like to say that Waghorn's attitude coming off the bench the last two weeks has been spot on we haven't yeah. uh, I, I'd question his attitude beforehand but, but certainly improvement. but the football that we played and at the heart of it you're absolutely correct was Barry Mackay who was sensational yeah. Stevie I just wish this boy would believe he's as good a player as he is he's got reverse yeah. Scott Brown syndrome <laughs> yeah well I mean I think we saw it Hamden in April uh, that, that you know him and Scott Brown uh, aren't playing the same game uh, when Mackay's, Mackay's on it and I agree with you. I think potentially, actually, when you look at our team, one of the concerns I have is the lack of creativity that middle, you know, middle to front. And Mackay provides that when he's on form. He'll take a player on and he'd absolutely the beaten of the Hearts right back, I think Patterson, um, who's a bit of a thug, incidentally. Let's, let's not um, gloss over that. But he had him on toast in the, in the big lad kitchen as well. He wasn't very much caught. But to be honest, I think it was great to see him back there and, and Rangers. Rangers fans, I think, have been a bit too harsh on Barry Mann. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't kicked a ball this season. But I think Rangers players, are, are, Rangers fans particularly, have been a bit harsh on him. Mm. Uh, and it's good to see him back and get a bit of confidence. To be honest, Dave, he's one of these players. Boonham's not going to make him a better no, player. No, no, exactly. It really, it really yeah. works. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. He needs an arm round him and yeah. encouragement, and he's certainly getting that from the manager. Yeah, so, it, if you can't so, yeah. see from the stands that this is a an arm round player rather than a boot up the arse player, there are some yeah. guys that, yeah, you, you, you should get on top of, especially creative types who can tend to wander yeah. off into their own world. That, I know that that happens, but Mackay's not like yeah. that. He's always working. Yeah. He's always working for the team, and I, I agree. I don't think there's much to be gained from from being frustrated with him. We need to. I think a confident Barry Mackay after his goal, he played well, but after his goal, he went yeah. to another level. There were two incidents that I think yeah. anybody who saw the game will remember for a long time. Yeah. One was the pass, and I mean, if you you want to 
uh, see the the definition of defence splitting. It was the ball he played to Waghorn, whose run was was beautifully timed. But I mean, it just dissected their entire defence. It was absolutely beautiful and inch perfect. And the other was a bit where he got the ball, looked up. And just played it into space and put on the afterburners. And as you say, he left them behind. And I thought, my goodness. And then took, he knew if he got to the ball first, he was getting clattered. But he did so to get the, to win the free kick. And it was, it was just terrific bit of play. And maybe some of these characterizations that come from the stand, the, the kind of cheap barbs that, oh, he's got no heart. I think we saw that, that, that that was nonsense. Because hearts, as always, are a very physical side. And I would say, though, of the we've now played the other two um, going for realistically second place. I would say Hearts are a better side than Aberdeen, and to be honest, I'm not entirely sure it's that close. I don't really see a lot in Aberdeen. No, no, I, I don't. I genuinely don't rate Aberdeen, and I'm, I'm putting aside my kind of perpetual dislike of the football club and its fans and everything to do with them uh, at the moment because they are, you know, utterly unlikable. Right. But. I mean, I think, you know, I think Derek McInnes may very well have done all he can as the manager there. Uh, and I know um, some, of the, some of the more kind of intellectually challenged supporters were, were asking that we ought to have McInnes as manager, and I don't think that would be a remotely positive move. But, oh, God, no. You know, I don't think, I don't think, I, you know, if you look at the way Aberdeen play football, at the talent they have there, um, and whether they look like a decent, well-organised side, I don't, I don't think you could, you could seriously argue that they're better than Hearts. They're certainly not better than we are. No. We've we played them twice. Um, Hearts, Hearts, I think, played far, far better than we did at Tide Castle. But, but we, you know, we, we didn't show up uh, and absolutely battered them there on Saturday. So, so I don't have concerns about I certainly don't have concerns about that Aberdeen being better than uh, Rangers at the moment um, and I think they're a good deal better than Hearts as well and that's not I'm not being arrogant David I just look at the evidence there you know we, that wasn't um, that wasn't just a kind of one-off decent show under Rangers and Hearts didn't turn up we didn't let them play and we absolutely imposed the game on them in the way I think we did last year against far inferior sides mm. so I was really I was encouraged I think the other thing I would I would say was um, Danny Wilson Unrecognisable, you know, yeah, screaming the ball about with Franz Beckenbauer. Mm. You know, the best, his best game again. Another confidence player. We know he's got the talent. You know, you don't go to Anfield. Uh, you're not picked up by a very decent Liverpool side if they don't rate you. And obviously, he hasn't fulfilled his potential. But clearly, that talent remains. Mm-hmm. And if you can match up with application and concentration, then he, you know he's, he's capable of being a very, very good defender. Andy Halliday ran the game for mm-hmm. me from midfield. I thought again, hugely impressed by him, and, and obviously Joe Garner was the, you know, was a standout for me in terms of not in terms of his goals, but in terms of the way he put himself about, and he was he was doing the Morris Johnson used to do, which is one at, at five feet ten or whatever, same height as McCoy. Don't even think he is that height. Winning, winning the ball in the air against six footers yeah. uh, and embarrassing them, you know, and, and encouraging other Rangers players to get physical in the game and, and a controlled aggression. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garner was that's really terrific. Important. Not just battering and stupid tackles, uh, the way Scott Brown does, you know, but but actually being uh, being controlled in your aggression, being more kind of more of a martial arts than just flailing out after the pub, you know, mm. six pints in the pub. Uh, we wanted it more than hearts, and, and all of those, all of those players. I don't think we had a bad player actually. Nah, we didn't. Yeah. Garner, I think, is becoming a cult hero because he does have that. 110% all the time you know he's your traditional and I use the term 110% and it's a cliched way because he is very much that old style British sort of up and at him type uh, 
I don't think he's a player that's blessed, uh, blessed with great ability. I'll, I'll just be honest there. And I don't think he's a guy you can rely on in a sort of Chris Boyd fashion that, you know, you put a chance in front of him and there's a fair chance it's going in. I think his finishing is a bit more erratic than that. What you will get from him, and it's something the team needs, it's something the team lacks, is that sort of buzz bomb, 100 miles an hour, constant activity. I thought when he came on at Tynecastle, a lot of the players there had given it up for a bad lot that night. He wanted to get involved and was unlucky. And again, on the, the last two matches, he's just flung himself about. He's unsettled the opposition, and that's let our better players play. And I agree with, you with, with all your points, but I'd also like a wee word for Jason Holt, who I think is beginning yeah. to develop into a really useful premiership midfielder. I think he's been a guy you could definitely see. I don't think the manager had pegged Jason Holt as a first-teamer this season, and a lot of us probably would thought he, he might struggle to get game. And it is very much a sign of how the recruitment policy hasn't worked that he is, that he's getting the opportunity because let's not kid ourselves that Jason Holt's continued place in the team has been due to his great form so far this season it's been due to the fact that we've very few options and the ones we have have been even poorer but on Saturday and a similar the week before, you begin to see a guy who I think is playing if you like, to his limitations he's doing the stuff he can do and doing mm-hmm. it well and I think maybe he came up like a lot of the team last season used to being able to play 70-80% and get by yep. and now yep. I think he's cutting out the stuff in his game that you can try in a lower division but that you can't try at this and he was terrific he had such a simple way of playing the game he just linked up constantly he was always available for a pass he was always there to make space he was always the decoy run and he's just doing the things he's good at the simple things that you really notice when they're not happening and I thought he had an absolutely terrific game he got man of the match but for me I had to give it to Mackay because Mackay was genuinely a guy that, that got me out of my seat a few times it was one of those things where there were 22 players in the park there were the subs that came on he was the only one on that field who was remotely capable of doing some of the stuff that he did so a very good win Um, another big game at the weekend because if there is one thing that the last two weeks certainly have engendered a lot more confidence and and deservedly so but the away form that until until we slay that dragon then questions are going to be asked well, can you remember the uh, the trip to the Highlands a few, a few Sundays ago, where again it was a, after a decent performance, it was it was pretty lacklustre, mm. um, and it's putting the run together. You're absolutely right. You know, well, I don't think this team will convince either themselves or anybody who doubts their ability until we put a decent run together, home and away, home and away, the way, the way we used to do. You know, on on the, on the point about hope, hope reminds me of a a less talented. Steve Davis or Stuart McCall in terms of the way he plays. I mean, I like his effort, David, yeah, and the fact that he covers so much ground is, is, again, you know, it's great to see that kind of application. He'll go and he'll close players down and he can't be faulted for that. You know, there is just the question mark over whether him and Halliday together are, are, are the heart of a, a genuinely kind of um, title winning midfield, you know, that kind of class. I mean, I have a concern in that regard, but, you know, at the moment, you know, he's, he's in the team on merit. Uh, as is as is holiday for that matter, and and you know they have an opportunity there to to prove me and a whole number of other people wrong. So yeah, we need to put the run together away, as you say, away from home. Um, you know we've got some tough fixtures coming up, and uh, we need to not bother. You know, need to go to Perth as well mm. and get a result then. So you know it's really important that we actually that we do that because the manager's got that hanging over him. I think there's there's a, there's an argument that he's record against uh, reasonable teams or teams who we've been competing against. It's been pretty poor 
Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, the, the, yeah. I don't think there is an argument. I think it's a hundred percent correct. I think that unfortunately, there's no way round that that no. the, the the away performances against the the better sides have been poor. And I think one concern I have is that these last two wins, good, excellent as though they've both been and, and fun to watch. Yes, they've been at home, but more so against teams who thought they could beat us and played that way. And mm-hmm. when we're going to come up against a side... I mean, to me, it's no coincidence that we were so good against Hearts and so hard to watch against Dundee at Ibrox. And we, we did win the game and show, uh, show character to do so, but Dundee had 10 men behind the ball, Hearts didn't. Yep. And away yep. from home against the lesser lights, then they will quite legitimately say... We're starting off with a point and we're going to keep that because um, we know that you guys can give us a chance if you don't break us down. So I think that we've got to try and engender a fast start. We had one in and I thought that Kenny Miller deserves credit. He didn't have a great game, Kenny, but right from the start and in the first couple of minutes, he pressed their defence constantly and they gave the ball away two or three times and it spread the jitters through them and it brought our players forward. Uh, and psychologically, just him doing that, just him being prepared to do that was was terrific. Kenny Miller, interesting one. Now, yep. people have been speaking to him, Player of the Month, uh, on the Rangers website, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And yep. he uh, is out of contract at the end of the season. A contract, I think, that raised a lot of eyebrows, certainly on here, when he was given it. But now the question is, should he be given another? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the arguments are essentially the same uh, as we had uh Previously, with a uh, with a, with a last contract, which is that he's in his mid thirties, so he'll be thirty six uh, when we talk about the, the contract. I think the one thing I find really telling, David, is that um, when the players are interviewed about who works hardest in training, who's the most diligent in training, they all say Kenny Miller. Mm. So he obviously works at that side of his game. He's realising that that you know, particularly to play his position. I mean, it's all very well being David Weir playing with your carpet slippers on at forty or forty one, reading the game. You know, and, mm-hmm. and knocking it forward, and then being able to get a breather. But but playing up front, the Rangers team, you're going to be working all the time. I think Gamble's showing that, and him and Miller together, I think, are, are working really hard. And as you say, that's that's part of the reason why he has coughed the ball up so often on Saturday. But you know, I think I think if it's if it's on merit, if you're looking at him on the strength of his performances so far this season, you would keep him in the squad mm. as long as he's as long as the contract task isn't stupid. Yeah, you know, you don't, I don't think there's anything. And that, that wouldn't be getting there and of course he realises and recognises that you know his ability to play 90 minutes is extremely limited so he'll give you that good or, or he'll come on as an impact sub uh, which is effectively what he's doing now because he's invariably substituted sometimes bizarrely because of course he might be sometimes times when he's the most effective forward player but leaving that aside uh, there are grounds for giving, uh, for giving them another year at least I, I, I well would. that's my take on it because Listen, see, when he was given the new contract, I thought it was mental, right? And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's crazy. He's he's not going to feature that much this season, never mind next season. And he's proved me wrong. My view on it is this. If he's not asking for silly money and mm-hmm. he doesn't expect a two or three year deal, I think at his age, a one year deal is, is, perfectly, is perfectly sensible from the club's point of view, then yes, I would absolutely do it. And not just because... Of his, his dressing room influence. The fact is, his performances are meriting it. Because I, I keep going back with any of the player. How much would it cost you to replace him? And yeah. if it's more than than it would be, then it's a no brainer. And I think it definitely would be at the moment. And you get the added bonus of the influence. I wouldn't give him a new contract just because he was good in the dressing room or the players look up to him. But 
if you're giving him one based on the football, then that's a hell of a bonus. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's clear the players look up to him. I think I'd sit him down and be honest with him and say, look, Kenny, at the moment you're a first-teamer, absolutely. We're going to offer you a year. Who knows, you know, by the end of that contract, whether it, it could be you've not played in six months. We don't know. At your age, we have to take it month by month. But we'll happily give you a year's deal and, and you can consider yourself part of the first team currently. So, no, I, I agree with you there. Last thing, yeah. Stephen, before I let you yep. go... Um, okay, last thing Malky Mackay uh, all the <laughs> indications are that he'll be announced as the SFA's performance director and yep. uh, as as uh, a lefty and a fairly mm-hmm. prominent one in your circles what's your views on that I mean is it a case of he's done his time we rehabilitate people and I, I noticed that uh, certain anti-racism charities were saying essentially that that after what he went through, or sorry, what he did went through, as if he had suffered some yep. sort of ordeal. Um, after what he did, he he went on FA mandated diversity and training courses. And is it a case of well, the guy served his time, uh, or is it a case of well, okay, we, football management's one thing, but being the the head of performance for a, an institution that's supposed to serve, you know, all members of the community, all levels, is simply a job that by his actions he's forever ruled himself out of. Um, I won't, I won't, I'm sure absolutely stunned you to believe that I think he's, he's a terrible uh, appointment and that there's absolutely no basis for it. Actually, there's no basis in terms of being the performance director. No, there isn't. Over and above that, that, that's the thing. As a manager at Cardiff or Watford or any of the other places he's been to, yeah. to justify that kind of that kind of role. Yeah. You know, I think it says everything about the poverty of aspiration in the SFA that they would think it was even remotely a, a good fit. Mm. And the other, I think the other point, David, is that it's the indication that it gives. Right? For example, what has the American electorate indicated by electing a person like Donald Trump? And I could throw a number of adjectives like him, but you know, he's in the same kind of political sphere as Malcolm McKay in terms of being a homophobe and a racist. So, you know, we're talking about that kind of individual who's openly signalled that he was that, and they still elected him. Now, OK, you two and a half million votes less than Hillary Clinton, but the American electoral system is going to put him in the Oval Office. Hey, oh, you soapbox. Malky Mackay. Yep. Get Malky off your Mackay. soapbox. Sorry, brother. Sorry. <laughs> Mackay, I, have, I don't believe that, that. I'll give you an example, right? Andre Gray uh, got uh, banned and fined uh, for uh, a, a homophobic tweet. Yeah that he'd sent out, I think, four years ago. Uh, and I thought it was very, very harsh for the simple reason that the player showed contrition. He said, that was before I was, I was young and I was stupid. The daft thing you do, I apologise completely. And he, 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 he said all the right words to say that that was a one-off and it was behind him. And I accepted that. But all can take in terms of what, what he was filmed uh, doing and the texts that we've gone, we, you and I know, because we've met those people and they're in our lives, those knuckle-draggers, those people who are not capable of reform. So if he's saying, oh, I've been on every mandated training, well, I know uh, the individual who used to deliver, I'll, keep, I'll leave him nameless at the moment, the friend of mine who used to deliver that training for the Football Association. And I know that that's not adequate in the future. If, you know, that, that's, that's a tick-box exercise to get you through. Uh, and, and we've seen the FA's record in diversity is absolutely appalling. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there's any basis to appoint them. Uh, and it just it just proves how out of touch and how poor Scottish football administration is. It's an absolute shambles. 
Well, firstly, he shouldn't have been considered for the job because he's not qualified to do it. Right, over and above no, anything. No. The guy is not no. uh, what you need in that role. You need someone who's got a different skill set. He's a football manager. He's managed football mm. clubs. It's a different no. thing. This not is... a very good one, by the way. No, not a very good one. That's the other yeah. thing about his football has always... Uh, you mentioned the words poverty of ambition, and you're correct there. His football was always very much uh, percentage... You know, spend money, big players, physically battering teams. He's not a guy that's renowned for his progressive views on how the game should be played, over and above the his uh, lack of progressive yeah. views in, in real life. Now, we have all done things and said things in the past. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. that. But there are then certain roles that you, you just can't get because of it. And I, yeah. I, that is unfortunately... Just, just the way of life. I mean, I know, for example, you always hear Stan Collymore bleats about when people refer to him as being a woman beater. And it's like, well, unfortunately, Stan, you don't get to moralise on issues because of that. And it doesn't matter if you've stopped beating your wife, as the cliche goes. The fact is, if you've done it, you sort of renounce the right to do it. And for, I don't object in the slightest to Malky Mackay getting a job as a football manager, right? Because he has done his time. I absolutely agree with that. But the nature of this post is not one that he should be considered for. And as I say, that's over and above the fact that he shouldn't be in it anyway based on his based on his qualifications. And I would just like to say that Rangers fans could have told you this 20 years ago because when he stood on Brian Loudrop, he's a wronging. How could anybody stand on Brian... Yeah, well, how dare he? But how would anybody want a beautiful man? I'll stand on him. That's what this guy is. That's what this guy. This is the type of guy that kicks over for, uh, flowers in a forest. He should, you know, you don't need that in the beautiful game. But as I say, I mean, if a club wants to employ him, go ahead by all means, do so. But a national association to do so, I think, shows you how tone deaf they are, how out of touch they are, and uh, the SFA. I always think wake up in the morning and think what can we do to make ourselves look stupid because there's no way you can get it wrong that often by accident. No. So no, that's that's one of those uh, roll the dice and see where we go mm. uh, things you know. And there's no rational behind uh, behind the decision at all. No, um, I, of course we haven't mentioned the fact he used to play for Celtic as well. No, I mean that that didn't endear him to me. I've got to admit, but, mm. Um, mm. but uh, yeah. I, I'd like to think that I could have. I could have looked past that if you look at it and you go, well, actually, like had this been yes, it's a long time ago. If it'd been Tommy Burns, the appointed technical director. I'd go, mm-hmm. well, you know, what worked at youth level. If he did that sort of background the, the way I Tommy Burns had, I'd go, you know, good appointment. Somebody that's interested in playing football the right way and has worked with kids, all that kind of thing. But he's not, this is not like it. Malky Mackay is a guy who has, you know, when he's managed clubs, it, it's always been fairly dull, prosaic football. He's shown no interest in things like youth development before. And over and above that, he brings all this baggage. And like I say, if you want to employ him as a, a football club, go ahead and please don't for a second consider this stuff because he has. He's done his time. And we're a country who believes in rehabilitation. But, nah, not, not this position. No, and, no well, just, uh, David, the guy in the touchline for Hearts on Saturday, new into the job, progressive coach, gone over, gone overseas and made a splash. Castle could have come back, been enticed back, uh, and fitted into that role. And you and I, between us, I guess, could name. You look at the you look at the quality of the coaches that are in the English Premiership at the moment, and the and the kind the way they approach the game. That holistic consideration of you know we need to develop young players, get them playing the right way at a very early age, about supporting them, about giving them the chances and the opportunities, um, and and all the rest of it. And then you have Malky McKay. Is Malky McKay going to do that? Mm. It's just so uninspiring, so, isn't it? It yeah. will be, boy. You know, I mean, he, can't, he, he walks along and there's, a, there's you know, eight little trenches 
parallel going along behind him. You know, we're not talking about someone who's an enlightened voice of the game, you know, a pundit who can talk, uh, who can talk in a coherent way and, and offer you a vision and an aspiration. You know, you're talking about one of the usual suspects given a job for, uh, I'm not even really sure why. No, we, we, we all, we suspect jobs for the boys and I think that, uh, I think that, that, if you look at the reaction to Ian Cathro being appointed Hearts manager and then look at the reaction from the football people, the football press in Scotland to this, I think it's a very telling story. Stephen, thank you very much for joining me, my friend, and we'll talk to you again soon. OK, brother. Mind how you go. He's better than you. Yeah, but facts and stuff about football, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um probably not a shocker that he didn't think Malky Mackay was a good move for the performance director. Neither did I, but Scott, you know, you might want to play the devil's dick advocate. Can uh, you see why they've appointed him? No. Um <laughs> un- unless of course there was a need for a racist, boorish, hapless shite hawk. Yeah. And maybe maybe that was a job description. We don't know. Yeah, that's true, we didn't we, we don't know what the criteria was in the I would imagine time. the one good thing to come out of this David, can I just say, it's for our children and our children's children. They're not going to have to be bothered in the years to come with saving up to go to a World Cup. No, no, they can forget about so, that. Uh, yeah. The so. other thing about it is, I think it does, a genuine question is, uh, there was this, what I would term a witch hunt to have Hugh Dallas removed from his job at the SFA, which they, they gave into, mm-hmm. about sending a private joke uh, a bad taste joke, but a private joke which he forwarded on email. Uh, around the organisation uh, <laughs> Is anyone beginning to see A little bit of double standards here? Yeah but I think If I can refer you David to Radio Clyde Language now It's time to move on uh, He's a good football man He's a good football man Good friend of the show It's time to forgive and forget and move on David Other that and the fact he's a Selic man mm, He's not a fucking friend of this show He stood on Brian Loudrop I know, although to be honest, it's the only time you get anywhere near Brian Lundgren. <laughs> exactly, he was probably so excited, uh, he didn't know what he was doing. But uh, yeah, God bless Scottish football and all who sail in her. Uh, we won't be sailing very far, I think. Is, is... No, m- m- maybe a, a friendly one in Northern Ireland is about the yeah. best we can, if they'll play us. If they'll play us, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it was a good win, you didn't see it, but uh, it was a good win. And um, moving forward now, what can we take from this? Is it a mini revival? Is it a false storm? Where do you think we are? Well, I'll tell you what's interesting, and I say that word with due caution, because mm. <laughs> okay, um, uh, I'm about to speak, so you know, regular listeners can make up their own minds. Um, we were talking about this after the game, though, David. Mm-hmm. We've, we've played Aberdeen and Hearts twice, and what's interesting is n- nobody has gained anything. No, the result's mirrored, yeah. Completely mirrored, so we're no further forward, which I th- think that's something we have to take on for next season. And also, it also shows it uh, throws into contrast how badly we've been doing against the rest of the teams. Mm. Because you can talk about the Celtic juggernaut, okay? Mm. And Celtic have got the biggest team, the biggest squad. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, I live in Scotland, so obviously I've heard about nothing but in every newspaper mm. since August. But we've only played them once. Being all these points behind isn't actually because of Celtic beating us. No. And um, this is something that you texted me straight. It was that this has shown up how poor a lot of our results have been. And if you're looking at improvement next season, you're obviously looking to win the home games against Celtic, if you can, mm-hmm. OK? Yeah. Maybe maybe losing the away games. So, overall, you're looking at only dropping a few points. 
So finishing 20 or 30 points behind them is not going to be because of head-to-head with them. No, exactly. And we really, really have to improve against the other 10. Yeah, this uh, is the thing when people say that, uh, oh, you know, Celtic are going to dominate, they're going to win the league for the next 10 years. No, they're not, because you're absolutely correct. It should be Rangers need to get in a position where they're beating all the rest of the teams, which shouldn't be impossible on our budget. You know, yes, no. I want our budget to go up, but it shouldn't be impossible on our budget. And then it comes down to the old fun games. And yes, absolutely, if Celtic are in a position where they're comfortably winning all four, uh, I don't think that's likely for 10 years. It's never happened historically. I don't see it happening in the future. So you give yourself a chance and they may well go on and, and win you know, the title a few more seasons. But as I say, I'm, I still remain fairly confident. Bookmark this, that we'll win the league before 2020. I think you're probably correct, we will. But we do have to take care of what are supposedly routine fixtures with yeah. a bit more regularity. Um, I mean, we've played... I, I don't want to do the usual SPL bashing brackets. I do. But we've played everyone now. We've played Hearts twice now. And generally, they've all been utterly shite. Yeah. And I think Mark Warburton deserves a bit of, res- of respect for turning it around recently. But really, he's making a bit of a meal of what is a really terrible start. Well, I, I I think that we do need to you know give them time to adapt, and I think that now you're beginning to see. It. I thought after Tyne Castle that that was such an insipid performance that I worried if the players had just given up on the manager because it looked like that to me. Um, probably not for any personal reasons, but just sometimes players don't trust what the manager's asking them to do, and it looked that way to me. And the response has proved that that was wrong. You know, I I admit I, I was wrong on that. We need to do it in away games. We need to do that kind of level of performance in terms of commitment when we're up against teams who don't bring a big away support and don't come out and try and play football against us the way both Aberdeen and Hearts did. So, you know, it, it was it was fantastic. I'm delighted we beat our nearest challengers. But strange as it may seem, I think a bigger challenge for us might be when we're playing Inverness Cali at home and they've brought 50 people or we're playing Motherwell or various other Diddy teams, you know? And that is a challenge that we haven't quite mastered yet. Um, I know we got over the line against Dundee, but we did just get over the line. So uh, the next run-up fixtures are are very important. But at least, you know, going out at 31st, we're not going in thinking we're going to get absolutely murdered. I mean, we could, but you you think, you know, half chance here. There's a bit bit more hope about... um, What do you think about in general? Obviously, we'll speak about this more probably um, when there's no football in January, but... See the style of the last two victories. It's it's not. This is. I'll, I'll try and phrase this. Do you think it's what the manager would have wanted in his heart of hearts? No, and I I think his interviews would would tell you that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that something that this pod has been saying for a while is that we're going to have to put the boot in, and we're going to have to get dusty. We're going to have to actually realise that we're in the SPL, and I'm glad we're doing it. But it's it's kind of odd and a bit unfortunate in a way that. The sort of total football thing was so insipid, as you've as you've alluded to since about August. Yeah, in fact. Well, I, I think I think the point of that is, mate. Yeah, we would see if we had been playing really good football and not getting results, and we yeah. changed to this, then we could say this is a retrograde step. We're going backwards, but we were trying to play really good football, but not managing it. So it wasn't fun to watch, and the results weren't good. And it, they had tried to then go from trying to play really good football but not to playing really good football 
but couldn't make that journey because I don't think they're good enough to do that. So what they've done is be a bit more realistic. We've still played some excellent stuff the last two weeks, uh, and especially second half against Hearts, where we were terrific, and it was a footballing yep. performance. So I think you've got to pish with the cock you've got. It's as yep. simple as that. And if you can't, if your players can't perform in a certain way, find out the way they can perform and send them out to do it. I think it was uh, Graeme Soonis or Walter Smith, and he was his number two, who said in Scotland you have to earn the right to play the football mm. by winning all your 50-50s and battles first when people put the boot in and that you'll never be allowed to go out and play precision football on a carpet-like pitch. It's, 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 you have to earn the right to do that. And I think finally that's sinking into quite a lot of them. And also it's not coincidental that Barry Mackay's back in form. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's any coincidence at all. No, I, think, I totally agree. I think he's our best player, potentially. Um, you can potentially. Uh, but skill-wise, I don't even think it's close. I think... Uh, I, He's by far and away the most talented and naturally talented player. So, fingers crossed. Now, Scott, yeah, uh, you're here to bring a little bit of light relief to the show with, uh, and I say this in air quotes, uh, the comedy section. Yes. Um, we, I did get a lawyer's letter very recently, my friend, uh, about the pod from uh, Messrs. Uh, Farquhar, Farquhar and Farquhar, mm. who saying that it brought to their attention that I'd been using the word comedy section mm. and that I was to cease and desist I, I, from this. Well, yeah. uh, I think that, that that might be fair. So it's uh, it's with a, a due sense of dread and uh, an ill foreboding that I, I walk slowly but uh, but unfailingly into what we call the sporting integrity section. The sporting integrity section is when we look around the world of sport and see who's made the biggest dick of themselves over the past week. It was based on the SFA, and they continue to do so. They're just such a great example <laughs> of it. Like looking around for a performance director and then appointing someone who has no experience in that type of role and was fired from his last, well, his last job, but one for horribly racist, sexist, and homophobic comments. It's that sort of thing, but worldwide. It's that sort of thing, but worldwide. It's almost as if, and this is more of a fantasy sort of football section, it's as if you had a a football community in a certain country where there's a massive elephant in the room and they all refuse to investigate. Oh, oh. sorry. Mm. That, that, that's, mm. that's us. Okay, I'm going to start in Brazil, David, with okay. um, just to show the SFA do not have a monopoly on crass shitness, okay? Yes. And it's the, in Brazil, it's the wake of the terrible uh, Chapo Quincy yes. plane crash. Horrid thing. It was terrible. And it was horrible. But um, not everyone... Not everyone is able to strike the right note, David. Mm. Um, some people perhaps lack the sensitivity that you would expect. One of them being the head of the Brazilian FA, the brilliantly named Marco Polo De Nero. Nice. Okay. Who initially had written to the club asking them to play their last league game. Um, he contacted acting club president Ivan Tozzo and said, just play. I said, we don't have any players. He said, you do, you'll find some. Some kids, reserves, some of the guys that were lying about injured before the plane crash. Jesus. Right. He then said to Tozo, couldn't you make it some sort of big party? Maybe like a sort of memorial thing and have and have fun. fun. He said, I said to him, uh, yeah, he did. He said, make it a fun party. An official from the club, Victor Hugo Rashimento, said, we're not playing the fixture. It's not happening. And it isn't a party. What on earth sort of party would this be, Mr. Mm-hmm. F.A. Chairman? As, you would say it's unbelievable but as you said it's an international thing with football administrators if there are two choices they will always unfailingly pick the wrong one and to move, I'm going to move on from it because it's such a sad topic but this tops that even this is better yet okay this is from the president of Internacional 
a big club in Brazil. No, Porto Alegre. Um, played them yes. at Ibrox. Yes. And then thing we used to play, Diego Forlan played yeah, from three. Many moons ago. Um, and, um, who was the other one in that tournament? Maybe people can tell us that. Who was the other one in the tournament? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yes. Rangers Eagle International Eight. of Porto Alegre and two others. Tottenham, yes. maybe? Yeah, anyway. Um, did, that wasn't the one with Sampdoria, was it? No, no, that was in the 90s. This one was in the 80s. But oh, yeah, I'm sure someone will tell us. Um, so their president Fernando Carvalho said I'm unhappy with the final round of fixtures not being played or delayed by a week yes we're sending solidarity but let's face it this hurts us we have our own tragedy to deal with the tragedy of maybe being relegated <laughs> well there's nothing like a bit of perspective <laughs> so he had to apologise later saying of course it's not a real tragedy I didn't mean that Yeah, it makes you think doesn't it it doesn't make maybe too much, mate. Maybe too much. I, I can't help but think that you know, okay, it wouldn't be for relegate, but doesn't that sound like Celtic? Yes, the kind of thing they would do. They'd be like, well, I mean, obviously it, it was sad and that, but you know, we've got a game, and we've not got any injuries, so we'd like to get we'd it like played. To play it, you know, otherwise the Huns might win. Oh no, hold on, I've just a phone call. Somebody's broken doing the training. <laughs> no, no, we won't play the game. It's, it's what they'd have wanted, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. There, yeah. there is precedent for this, yeah. There's precedent, yes. And I'm going to take you though to a bit, a bit, a bit of light-hearted fun now with our old friend, Maurizio Zamperini. Nice. Palermo chairman, and he's had 35 managers, I think, in the last seven seasons alone. Um, that's and outstanding. Of co- I mean, that's, that's some rate of knowledge, isn't it? Yes, and on the 20th of November, he said... Uh, I must stop them two reports. I'm stopping this now by nipping in the bud. Mr. Deserby staying. It's my decision. Stop interrupting the things that I do at my own club. 29th of November, sacked Mr. Deserby. He's pitiful. Pitiful match. Pitiful coach. Pitiful man. Gross, <laughs> gross misconduct. He's gone. I suppose that's better than, well, it just didn't work out. Yes. So they got a new manager in, Eugenio Ocorini, okay? Yeah. And he said... Oh, I'm excited and happy. I haven't met the president yet, but of course it's a big job. I'm delighted to take it. Zamperini's comments on the appointment. Carini? Well, there's not a lot out there at the moment. Certainly no <laughs> talented ones anyway. <laughs> uh, you, you have to admire that sort of lunacy. Uh, the one I liked uh, this week was Massimo Cellini. Uh, Cellino, sorry, who the league's owner who's been banned from all football for 18 months. And... Uh, he was asked, uh, he said, uh, are you sorry? He said, I'm sorry for Leeds fans. Oh, I'm not. You know, it's just, I bet you they're delighted. That's not sorry then. He he did say that all he ever did was protect Leeds United. Mm. I don't think that's strictly true, is it, David? Well, not, not according to Leeds United fans. And, <laughs> no, uh, I think, or officials. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's only, you know, us and them are probably the clubs that can most point to boardroom bastards. And... Uh, uh, yes. Um, right, Scott. I think the winner then this week absolutely has to be the the, the chairman of, oh sorry, the Brazilian FA. In fact, they can share it. So who? Would Marco that be? Polo, Marco Polo, Danero. Yep. And Fernando Cavallo. And Fernando Cavallo. Congratulations, chaps! You're the winners of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. And that's almost all from us, uh, except I noticed something, Scott. What did you notice, my eagle-eyed friend? Well, maybe not quite so eagle-eyed as you'll, you'll hear. Um, I recently, or it was recently brought to my attention, that our 200th episode. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big thing, isn't it? 
It's very big. And you know, you, you most most shows would would have a big sort of rah rah event. If if those shows were hosted by somebody that left their house, yeah, uh, I didn't notice, and I think we're on to about two hundred and twelve now. Well, hmm. so, that's not such a big milestone. No. Really. So what we're going to have is the two hundred and something celebration episode celebration and I would, I would like the listeners to send us in their favourite moments from Heart and Hand over the years you can do this on Facebook there will be a thread put up for your favourite moments just go to the Facebook page which is Heart and Hand the Rangers Podcast search for it on Facebook or you can send them in to us on Twitter and that's at Ibrox Rocks or at Scott Heart Hand your favourite moment on Heart and Hand from over the years the winner will be selected by me and Scott, with me having 66% of the votes. Very much like the American system. You know, they can choose, but the, the real yeah. people in charge will actually make the decision. Um, we will then pick somebody out, and you will get a prize, and it will be a good, proper prize. Yeah. Now, remember, folks, it shouldn't be too difficult, because in these 212 shows, they're all pretty much the same. So anything good would have really stood out, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I don't think... necessarily know if it is 212. It's, it's something like that. that. Yeah, it's it could be 207, could be 290. I don't know, and I can't be asked counting them. Um, so, to win the big heart and hand 200 and something episode competition, all you need to do is tell us what was your favourite moment from heart and hand over the years. And the... I'm not going to lie to you here. You could pick the best one, or if you want to win the competition, probably better picking something to do with me. Yeah, 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 yes. I mean, let's be honest here, folks. Yeah. You should be aiming towards. Remember that time David was brilliant? Yeah, that that's going to get yeah. you the prize. We will announce the winner. We'll mention this again next week. We'll announce the winner in our big Christmas New Year special. Okay? Yeah. So. I think that's a pretty good competition and it will have a pretty good prize. We'll even spend some cash on it this year, Scott. I think so. To be honest, though, I think the biggest prize should go to us too because how many of those 200 and something episodes were we in the fucking lower divisions? Yeah, I know. Fuck me. What? You know, <sighs> one day we're going to sort of look back on this and go, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not one to use the word hero. If others I, wanted to use it about as mate, fair I, enough. I would say that a lot of people like, Firefighters and I know, I know, like, but they take all they sort of annex the word hero, but mm, yeah, but at least we don't have kind of like you know, girly uniforms. Ladies love that though, ladies love a lot of things that we and don't they're all provide, shade. And, they're, <laughs> so, and they're all shit yeah. and pointless. That's true, yeah. Well, um, so. I'd like to thank our executive producer in London, Mr. Link Lee, Miss Paul Miles. Uh, thanks, Stephen Smith, for jumping in with his thoughts on the game, and of course, thank the big man, Mr. Scott Van Der Acker. Thank you, and apologies to all firemen out there. Yeah, in case your house bumps down and they're like, fuck yes. them. You've got a distinctive Didn't name. Mean. They won't know with me, but with you, they'll go, ah, fuck them. Uh, so you, 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 you got to be careful around the house for the next few weeks. My name's uh, David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye.
Social Podcast Network.